So, um, tomorrow we will uh, resume this uh, elaboration of the aspects of the imaginal, what we're calling the aspects of the imaginal, these <coughs> aspects or elements of what makes an experience imaginal, the constituents of that constellation. We'll resume that tomorrow. We just really got going, but we'll pick up tomorrow. I just want to, um, for now, just a very short sort of interruption to that, also for the purposes of um, kind of uh, clarifying or fleshing something out, hopefully in a helpful way. And just briefly, um, <clears throat> this word imaginal, um, Several people told me they just don't like the word. Um, they don't relate to it, or it's a, it's a funny word. Um, it also can tend, because of the word imagination in English and how we think of that, really, how we conceive of imagination in our culture and its place in our whole sort of implicit philosophy. The word imaginal tends to suggest something that's happening inside me, or inside you, so-called intrapsychic. That's a word I really don't like, intrapsychic. It implies that the psyche is somewhere in here. Um, but it, the word imaginal can suggest to people something, so I'm sitting with my eyes shut and a pink dragon comes. And that pink dragon, that ima imagination figure, or imaginal figure, has, has very little to do <coughs> Uh, it's not something anyone else can perceive. It has very little to do with the world of the senses. Or perhaps there's some kind of relationship, but it's not of the world of the senses. So the word imaginal can suggest that to people, but that's not what we mean. Or rather, it includes that kind of thing, the so-called intrapsychic images that, that come up. It includes that, but it also includes another word I don't like, extrapsychic. In other words, it includes the, we can say, um, I perceive an imaginal pink dragon. I perceive you guys imaginally. I perceive these roses imaginally. Means these are things of the world, objects or beings of the world, um, sensed with the senses that everyone would agree on their form. They are white roses, whitish roses, they agree on the shape, etc. I can perceive them in a conventional way that everyone in our culture would agree on. We all see the same thing. The conventional perception is just to perceive, you know, they're pleasant looking, they're very nice, they smell nice, etc., etc. They're a biological organism, so that's about it. Conventional perception. I want to introduce another term um, for the sake of... Uh, kind of having done with, with this misunderstanding of assuming, that sometimes happened for some people, of assuming that imaginal refers to something purely interior. So the, the phrase I want to introduce is um, sensing with soul. Sensing with soul. Okay, it's just, I'm not introducing anything different, I'm just, I'm just introducing a new vocabulary or a possible new vocabulary. Okay, so I'm not, we don't want to replace, we just add. So some people, and I, I want to use them almost interchangeably, you say imaginal or imaginal perceiving or sensing the soul, pretty much same thing. 
for some people, as the, the word imaginal will imply this more interior arising of an image. The sensing with soul, to me, the words, because we tend to think of senses uh, as meeting the world, um, op- opens up in uh, or suggests a different direction. But really, they're interchangeable, pretty, pretty much. Okay. Um, so the things, the objects, the beings, the world itself, the things, the objects, the beings of the world and the world itself, um, when they, in any moment, when they, to my perception, to my senses, to my knowing them through the senses, when they start to uh, come alive with those aspects of the imaginal that we're going through. When I, I, I sense a person or a group of people or my body or the tree or the sky or um, my friend and I see my friend, I see her, him, them as angel. Same form. She, he, they, they look the same. Everyone would agree it looks the same. But there's the, the added... Um, imaginal dimensions. It's filled out. Do you understand? Or this tree. Everyone would agree on the shape of the tree. Somehow I feel, I sense this tree's love for me. And most people think that's bonkers. Trees can't do that. But when the the sensing the soul preserves the form and adds the dimensionality and the richness and the multi-aspectness and all the beauty and the duty and the love and all, all these nodes that we're talking about. Yeah? So it's a transform, transubstantiation of the world in the alchemy of perception, sensing the soul. So that implies sensing. We say, well, depends on your system. Have at least five senses, right? Sight, smell, smell. Um, <laughs> sight, what are they now? <laughs> sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing. Um, Plus the mind, in, in Buddha Dharma, the mind is a sixth sense. So the mind that thinks, the thinking as a sense, or the perceiving of thought, the sensing of thought as another sense, and the sensing of image, an intrapsychic image. So it spans all that. It, imagining, thinking, smelling, seeing, tasting, touching, <coughs> and hearing. I'm missing one. <laughs> but you get the picture. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, s- generally speaking, when this is it's the same shapes or colours or forms, but it has that um, that filled outness. It's it's um, same shapes, colours or forms as conventionally so conventional socially agreed perception. It has that filling out. So, sensing with soul, Catherine actually. Uh, you may not have caught it. It slipped out a couple of times, I think, in the opening talk or, or, or something. But we wanted to introduce that um, as as an idea. Just some people, it will be more helpful. It was like, oh yeah, it's that that we're doing. It's not. It's not just this. Um, so we actually don't mind what words you use. It's really all this is for the sake of understanding. So when you say imaginal, people say, what do you mean imaginal? Um, of course, if you say sensing the soul, that would also beg the question, what do you mean soul? Um, so we could be here a long time, but I, <laughs> I don't want to be. So sensing the soul means all that. It means sensing in a way that soulfulness uh, is is happening. Um, uh, in other words, all those all those nodes, or some of those nodes, to some degree, that, that movement into that uh, activation of those nodes is happening. What is soul? 
you could say <coughs> soul is just a shorthand for soulfulness, for that it, that constellation of experience. Then soul, in that way of conceiving it, is not a thing. It's just a kind of experience, soulful experience, which means all that that we're elaborating. In English language, mostly the word soul has the idea of an entity. My soul, your soul, the soul this, does this or does that or, or whatever. Um, in Buddha Dharma, we're, we're a little bit shy of some entities. Uh, and typically, soul would be one kind of entity in Buddha Dharma that we're really shy of. Really, really shy of. Self is bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but people still use the language of self, and we need to. I would say it's more than a conventional shorthand. You know, I say, I feel sad. Uh, actually, let's, let's not go into that. So it's more than a conventional. <laughs> we need to care for the self. Okay? It's, a, it's an experience we have that's a valid, important, deep dimension of our experience, or direction of our experience, the self. Same with soul. Same with divinity or deity or God. We can entertain the sense of these things as entities. Self, soul, divinity, deity. And know it's empty. But I can relate to it as an entity because I know it's empty. Do you understand? I don't have to kind of be afraid of these words. I use, actually, show me something that isn't empty. We use words and concepts all the time. It's a pen, it's a rose, it's a candle, it's a chair. Buddha Dharma, with the teachings of emphasis, is all empty. There's none of that stuff, really. So why all this allergy to words like soul and divine? So we can use soul as just shorthand for soulfulness, which is just a kind of uh, texture, flavor, richness of experience. And we can use soul, I think... Um, with the implication of entity, if you like, knowing it's empty. And what kind of entity is soul? Soul is the, we could say, the organ, the instrument that senses soulfully. So the whole definition <laughs> going around, that's fine. Deep definitions do that. They go around in circles. So, the, where is this organ? I can't find it. I can, and it's empty. It has no inherent existence. But I can talk about an instrument or an organ that can sense with soul. That does sense with soul. When we talk about soul making, we say, I'm making soulfulness. I'm fabricating, in technical Dharma language, I'm fabricating a sense of soulfulness. Well, there is the fabrication of soulfulness. I'm soul-making. What am I making? I'm making soulfulness. I'm also making or building that organ, that instrument. I'm building my capacity through practice to sense soulfully. Do you understand? So soul-making. The more I sense soulfully, the more, like, the, more, the more accessible it becomes to me. So I'm actually making something. I'm making my instrument. I'm it's being made. I'm participating in the making, in the fashioning, in the forging of this organ, this instrument of perception. Wonderful thing. Do you understand? So the main point I just want to say is this. We'll start using these words freely. Sensing the soul, uh, freely interchangeably. Sensing the soul, imaginally perceiving, imaginal, or it's all 
pretty much the same. Is that right? 